You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. is freshly roasted and ethically sourced it's music to your ears shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com welcome back everybody for a special edition of comics here on episode 22 this is going to be a great great time and something that you may want to get into because the month is october matt and that means who halloween spooky time so for everyone we have a special guest you see him here his name is Scott Snyder. You probably heard of him. A little bit of works he's done over there, like a lot of stuff. Um, Scott, welcome to comics. Uh, thank you so very much for being here with our host, Matt. I'm Technique Frank. I did that. I botched that whole introduction <laughs> because we're too excited. But anyway, <laughs> I'm Technique, or you can call me Frank. Everyone to do it. And Matt. Yes. Good. Good afternoon, Scott. How you doing? I'm great. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to this. So, so I have awesome. like the lens flare. That, like <laughs> hey, JJ like, Abrams. Effect. Yeah. Right? But I feel like it's good. It's like it's the thing, it's the thing that all we artists used to put in our, our uh, Photoshop's back when lens flare in and you call it out. Scott, it's, it's a writer, pleasure having you wherever here. Wherever I go with DC or anywhere I need a lens flare. <laughs> so there we you got go. It. Superhero moments. IRL too. Feel free to tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. So yeah, my name's Scott Snyder and I, I broke into comics in about 2009 uh, and I, 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 my bit, my first big break was, um, writing a couple books for Marvel, the human torch, uh, one shot for, uh, timely comics and then Iron Man noir. And then I was about to sign with them to do this, uh, uh, Scotty young Oz series. And then DC came along and offered me a, a job writing my own series, American vampire. So I went over there so in 2010 and that led to writing detective comics and then Batman. And so I was at DC for about 10 years writing uh, Batman Justice League and then Dark Knight's Metal and Death Metal and Last Night on Earth. And then now I am doing my own stuff, taking a break as much as I love DC and everybody there, um, doing my own stuff uh, for my own studio called Best Jacket for Comicsology and Image. And Congratulations, and so, by the way. Thank yes. you. Yeah, I feel really lucky. I've been, I've been uh, definitely uh, very. Uh, I'm very grateful for everything. Awesome, awesome. Well, me and Matt were reading over stuff, and um, we we've been following you obviously for a very long time. But my goodness, congratulations on the explosion of work that you just had dropped yeah. in front of everybody. I mean, yeah. you have a great deal going on with Com- Comicsology right now, uh, a eight book deal, and that's just the beginning. We know that's the tip of the iceberg. It's obviously more. I have to ask, and then I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Matt talk because I'm a little too excited. <laughs> when it comes down, you're busy. There's so much going on. You have a family, you have comics, and then you're taking a break from more comics. Comic books in general, the whole universe is starting to implode on everybody. We're taking over the market here. We have movies, we have TVs, animations, video games. How do you keep up with all this at once while doing your own thing? Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean. First of all, like, no, it's a thrill to be here. Like, so don't, don't be, you know, don't, don't geek out or whatever. I geek out like getting to be on here. But the, um, 
it's a it's a weird balance i mean my i was telling you guys before we started recording like i am literally sitting out in my yard mm-hmm. because I'm, like monitoring my baby who's asleep in his crib <laughs> and if he wakes up like we'll have to, I'll have to run yeah. up there and <laughs> yeah. interview um but the thing that that's so i mean this is what this is all i've wanted to do since i was you know eight nine years old i wanted to be a comic book writer artist uh uh, uh artist predominantly i like had a portfolio all the way through college and I just realized I wasn't good enough and at art and uh, wound up going into writing and then found my way back in through writing kind of superhero stories uh, for, for literary magazines and stuff. And so the, the job, it's a lot like right now I have more work than I've ever had, but I'm happier than I've ever been too, awesome. because yeah, I, I love being at DC and it was a pleasure. I mean, I, it was such an honor and a thrill to write Batman and justice league and, I mean, I, those are dream jobs and I, and I never took them as anything less, but being able to also own your own stuff and make stuff with the people that you've made relationships with over the years, like Greg Capullo and Francis Manipal and Francesco Francavilla and Jock, you know, that there's a, there's an extra joy in that because you're just kind of building stuff from the ground up at your own risk, but, but really mostly at your own kind of, you know, excitement. And, and so I, I love it, you know, and, and DC, like I talked to Marie who runs DCU's, you know, EIC over there all the time. And Jim yeah. and I talk and Jim Lee and, and Marvel, I'm, you know, friendly with, so it's not like, Oh, superhero comics. I don't want to do that. It's more just like after 10 years in superhero comics, the idea of taking some time to do stuff. That's my stuff with my co-creators and co-owned with them feels important, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, what it, I feel like that's every kid's dream, right? Like, I'm a huge Superman fan. Superman Unchained was amazing. We just saw you on um, DC Fandom talking about Court of Owls, obviously, with oh, Greg, right. which was, I mean, we could talk about that stuff forever. There you go. Just talk about that <laughs> stuff forever, right? But I think Frank and myself will also say, like, as much as I love Superman, Batman, he loves Spider-Man, right? It's it's also, we have our ideas and our dreams. I mean, I'm Nighthawk plays for a reason. I have this whole idea and this vision of a, a Nighthawk character, even though there is Nighthawks already, but you're you're taking that. You started, you know, like you said, you, you worked with Marvel, you worked with DC, and now you're, you know, going above and beyond with these eight books um, above everything else that you've done in the past with your, with your own stories. So with that, um, with... Comicsology with the Scott Snyder originals, uh, Scott Tober going back to uh, being October. When you think of these eight that are out there, three that are currently out there right now that you can go and own on Amazon right now for free with Amazon Prime through Kindle, we have Demons, Clear, and Night of Ghouls. There's still, quick math, eight, seven, five more to come. How did these stories come about? Where did they come from? Is it a collaboration? with these uh, other artists and, and people that you've worked with? How do they come about? Yeah, it really is. I'm going to move to this table. I feel like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're good. Uh, you're good. Now that, now that I feel like my, the, the, my kid is like definitely asleep, I can relax a little bit. There I was you like, go. right near the house in case I had to like run inside. But um, the, uh, the, uh, the it, it's a full collaboration. I mean, None of them were like, I wrote a, a script or a story and or had an idea and I want to go to an artist and be like, can you draw this? It was building up relationships with these artists over the years and saying, hey, if we ever get a chance to do something together, what would you like to do for yourself? That's awesome. So, for example, um, 
you know, We Have Demons with Greg Capullo was me and Greg talking about all the fun he had on Spawn, drawing monsters, drawing mm-hmm. demons, and me talking about like my fears for my kids about this moment in time when it feels like everything is kind of stacked against this generation. And, and kind of, can we make a story where it feels like a young character you know, enters a mythology they didn't know existed, but reflects all the things they're afraid of that, mm. you know, there isn't enough good stuff left to, for, for her generation of, of heroes to, to beat, you know, the evil force in that world that their, um, their parents have made all these mistakes, all, all this stuff. Like, is there a way to do both, like make it fun. And this kind of, um, this, this over the top bombastic, great thing that we love to do that's like reflective of all the kind of action and heavy fisted gory things yeah but also like a message you know to 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 our kids and that and you know so that's how we have demons came about like clear came about because francis manipal and his wife and his daughter came to stay with me and my wife and kids when he came to new york comic-con about three four years ago and um we just all got along and they stayed for a few days and i was like what you know we got to do something together and he was like yeah let's do it and i was like what are your biggest fears for your kids and we were talking about how nowadays like they're exposed to all these kind of like algorithmic things whether it's you know innocent like spotify or it's like google or amazon where there's a value to having systems that give you more of what you like. But mm. when you look at it on a sort of 30,000 foot level, I think the big fear is that it's insulating them in, a, in, 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 you know, individual bubbles about where they're surrounded by things that just reaffirm things they already believe in, or because information, like, you know, you go to Google or you go to news sites and the first thing that pops up is stuff that you already, you know, you believe in and you like. Yeah. And so, so that's where clear came from was like us talking about that and me saying well what if we built a sci-fi version of an extension of that and similarly night of the ghoul was me and francesco talking about in 2016 2017 feeling like god the world is so crazy right now are you like falling back in love with all these classic monster movies and he's like dude i watched like that's night so cool. of the yeah, like Creatures from the Black Lagoon the other night. And I was like, let's make up a new classic monster, but one that speaks to this moment. And we'll couch it in this whole like classic horror genre stuff. And so each project is really a, collabor- a collaboration with yeah. a co-creator, you know, organically. Like it was never like, let me write something and hand it to an artist. It was always like, hey, if we're going to actually leave DC Marvel and do stuff on our own, let's make sure it's stuff we both love and want to make something, you know, that speaks to both of us. So really wow. quick, quick, quick continuation question then how long I, you know, in, in, the, in your mind, how long has this idea been around to start going off on your own and thinking about this, creating your own uh, Blue Jacket Press where, where it's been a while, obviously, right? Yeah. So it's been at least about five years. I started the company myself as a way of incorporating about five, six years ago. So I had it in existence. And then I started thinking about, well, what if I made books through it? in about 2015, 2016. And then I started talking to artists like seriously, like Francesco was probably the first and then Francis and then Greg, because Greg is funny. Greg is like, he does <laughs> not like to think about what he's doing next until he's almost done with what he's working on. So Greg is like the, the last conversation only because he's like, you know, you don't want to bother him until he's like one issue away from finishing <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> it's very like, I finish this and then I decide. I'm like, but we could decide now, two years before. It's like, no. No, I no, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So, um, you know, it was, it, it began quite a few years ago and I really set this date for myself in my head where I was like 10 years in to DC. I'd like to, I'd like to try my own stuff for at least a year, a year and a half. And if it works out, maybe longer, if not, whatever. And then comiXology and image, like things worked out well. So it'll probably be, you know, a couple years before I go back to DC or Marvel. I will. Like I have an idea for the Punisher. I have an oh. idea for X, Punisher, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, Captain America thing, and Hulk, all of this. Like, so I want to do it. And I've talked to them about it. It's more just, you know, I'd like, I'd like to take a little breather and see how this thing goes, like doing my own stuff with co-creators that, own stuff with me and you know we're just kind of building like a treehouse. yeah it's it, it's you no know, go ahead frank sorry oh no problem finish your thought no, i was no, gonna say no. i mean i feel like now the time is it, now it's more than ever right you see the success of invisible yeah. you see the success of the boys i know it's outside of comics but still because of it and the success before in comics brushing off creating these own ideas and the way it's accessible now it's it's the best time to do it and that's freaking amazing no, it's not outside comics at all, dude. You're you're 100% right. And what I'd say to like up and coming creators is that it's it's an exciting moment. Like it's an it's a scary moment because so many things are uncertain. Like there's like, you know, there's there's a boom in indie comics. Mm -hmm. Corporate comics like DC and Marvel are doing really well. They're also reintegrating with parent companies in ways that are spooky. Like everything is in flux. But the thing mm -hmm. I'd say is the takeaway is that there are more ways right now between you know, Substack and Image and the rise of companies like Vault, which does great stuff and boom, to make your own stuff, whether you self-publish, whether you make it with other people than ever before. And the flip side of that is if you can retain ancillary rights as much as you as much as you can, you know, mm -hmm. there's streaming wars going on. So everybody's desperate for good content. There's never been a better time to like put out your own series. It's one of the reasons I enjoy teaching so much right now through the Substack thing. Yes. I feel like it's I want I want new blood. I want new voices to come in and be like, here's my story, because there's such uh, a hunger whether it's just money or it's you know like earnest doesn't matter from streaming and from all kinds of apps and platforms right now like when i was growing up all you needed was like five good shows right thursday night couple couple hours wednesday night maybe tuesday night and that was it like the rest of the day could be like you know uh what was that show with the whammies where it was like you know it could be like big bucks you know, no whammy big bucks no whammy yeah that's your luck yeah right luck. Or, or like wheel of fortune now everybody is primed to like need good content 24 7 to binge yes. constantly yeah. yep so comics is a visual serialized you know story form there's nothing that they want more than that so everything that i've gotten to do indie wise over the last few years gets options it, it's not necessarily some huge money windfall but if you can make enough things that are your own and they get options you have like a cycle of at least some stability financially cool. because every three or four or five years that comes back up for option. So what I'm saying is there's never been a better time to make your stuff, like go out there, make your stuff. There are great comic companies that'll do it. Some of them will take all your rights. Some of them will take half. Some of them will take none. No, it's your decision. No, it's true, like, yeah. true. Yeah, it's what true. I'm Options. Saying is like, let yeah. me, I'll give you an example and then I'll shut up about it. Right. So when I was breaking in, DC was like, if you do American Vampire here, we take all your rights like forever. But, you know, you get all the support of a big company like Warner Brothers, both making the comic and promoting the comic promoting. to 
our parent company, Warner Brothers, and other places to option it out, like better than you could when you're a newbie. And there were a lot of times along, and so I did it, and I don't regret it at all because A, it gave me a good career. B, it gave me a good pay payday. Not amazing, but like it gave me a decent living wage when I was starting in comics. And C, because um, they were really good partners in terms of trying to get it made through different places along the way. Did I have control over it? No. Do I wish I did? Sure. But would I go back and change it? No. Because at that time in my career, I was nobody. And so having a partner that was going to be aggressive about, well, we paid a certain amount for this and we're going to try and sell it ourselves worked. So what I'm mm -hmm. saying is not, I'm not disparaging companies that take your rights if you know if that's something that if you decide at this point in your career i don't need control over this i need to be able to make the comic and have that be what i want and have a trusted partner that i like being out there selling it for tv film and giving me 50 percent of the net great then do that you know but what i mean is like right now there's such a variety you could do that with the extreme you know with some companies that will you know take the rights and pay you a great page rate you can go all the way to the other side, like Image, where they take nothing and give you, you know, all the rights. And there are all these graduated steps in between. And the reason is because there's such demand. So it's just yeah, like yeah. there's never been a better time to tell your story and make your thing. Like, go do it, you know? Thank you. I love Absolutely. it. You, you kind of answered my question. <clears throat> well, uh, we, we air this on Twitch, which is, is about creators. Uh, it's a streaming platform, as you so say, and, and it used to be just video games, but now it's everything. I mean, it, it has grown. Um, I started out eight years ago. Uh, I worked a full-time job, and I did the streaming thing, and I did art on Saturdays and Sundays, and because I worked, I had the pleasure of working with uh, Sanford Green. I love Sanford. Yeah, a long time. He knew me since I was 15 years old. I brought my portfolio to him, and he showed me around. Uh, HeroCon in North Carolina, New York Comic Con, you name it, Atlanta, Dragon Con, we went there. And then I got my feelings hurt uh, <laughs> because I took the portfolio to one person. He was like, oh, yeah, you need to work on this, 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 this. And I was just like, ah, everybody was telling me I'm good. And he was like, that's what you needed to hear. You know, you need to fail gloriously to be better. And I didn't understand that because I was 15 and I was, you know, I broke my pencils and cried a little bit, but then oh, picked man. it back up and started doing it again. Um, right now on Twitch, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of streamers. A lot of people get discouraged. Going back to me, I was discouraged. You teach and you seem, you're very passionate and you're very happy where you are. What, what sound advice, if you had to say one thing to keep people in the mix of things, what would you tell them? I would tell them if you have a story that you love, that would be the story that you would walk into a shop and find and be happiest to have discovered that day other people will love it. Like go out mm. and make that story. There's never been a better time to, to make your comic. It's true. Like it sucks. Like there, there's a lot of hardships about working in comics. Like don't do it for the money. Yeah. You know, I'm lucky. Like you, 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 like sometimes it just works and then you wind up actually making a living from it and it's great. <laughs> but like when I got married to my wife here, who's about to come home and take this baby, <laughs> I remember thinking her like, I will never make any money. Do you understand that? Like you are a doctor, like you will make the money and I will do everything I can in this relationship to take care of the kids and, and like whatever we need. But like, I love what I do and I'm happy with what I do and that's it. Yes. And weirdly it like, you know, it wound up being something where like, you know, it flipped and, and I, I like, I'm the more of the, the, provider in terms of finances and sh she's works part-time and whatever 
but that you cannot go into it with the idea that like I'm going to be a star and I'm going mm-hmm. to do it because you love it. And if yeah. you do it for that reason, there's never a better time than right now, because there's so many avenues to get your stuff out there and make some kind of money, like not huge awesome. money, but some money, like yeah. something, something, you know, whether it's optioning your stuff, whether it's doing the foreign rights first, whether it's doing digital first, whether it's doing it through Kickstarter, whether it's doing it through whatever it is, like there are all these avenues to make your mm-hmm. comment. So if you believe in what you're doing, do it. Like, I promise, like, that's, that's the advice as a teacher. Like, I wish somebody had told me years ago, because there, there wasn't the same, there wasn't the same um, access as there is now. It was like you, back when I was coming up, it was like, you have to break into Marvel and DC, and then maybe you'll get to do your little comic on the side. Now it's like you do your indie comic and there's like a whole system of money that comes in for that indie comic and you decide if you want to do DC and Marvel or whatever, you know, like that it's, it's inverted from what it was when I was growing up. It's crazy how, how 10 years can change or, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 years can change mm-hmm. so much. And I went back like this because it's funny, you know, before, before we started recording this, we talked a little bit and we're, you know, we're neighbors and the way you're telling your story, it's the same thing with me and my wife. My wife is a principal, the smartest person I know. We had this discussion about me wanting to do streaming and and going into it, you know, and the full support. And just like your wife, you know, had the full support of you doing this, your passion, your dream. I can make this same thing. I have a I have a, a six year old daughter, a six year old, excuse me, six month old daughter at home, and a uh, a two and a half year old boy. It's it's really crazy how a lot of things you're saying specifically is hitting home with me. Let alone, I'm sure, with so many other people as well over here. It's well, it's crazy, man. yeah. I'll tell you a story. Like, so, you know, when we, we got married, we, uh, you know, we, uh, moved out here cause she was in medical school. So we're, we live about two hours out of the city on the, in the woods, in the middle of nowhere. You can see, like, it's just it's yep. all it is. <laughs> it's beautiful though. <laughs> beautiful. I love the ocean is right. You can see the ocean through the, oh, wow. but it's bumblefuck. It's like, nowhere. <laughs> I grew up in the, I grew up on the lower East side. I was like, we'll always move back to the city. I was like, I never want to live outside, but it's, it's rural. And I have like learned to like deer and all that stuff. But the, the, the point is like, um, when we, when we moved out, I remember like, you know, all the conversations that you're talking about where it was like, you know, I'm, I'm never going to make anything. You make some, whatever. Yeah. And then as things started to pick up, it, it turned around and ultimately there was a point at which it really was like on the cusp. It was like, do I, do I try and do this comic thing or, you know, do you, do I just say, Hey, listen, you know, it's not worth the risk. And my wife was like, I'm going to take out another loan against my medical school stuff. You go do that. Like, just do it. Like, awesome. Cause incredible. you, and, and what I'm saying is like, if you love comics, I'm telling you, there's yeah. some space for you. Like, awesome. like, life right now is too crazy and too stressful and too short not to be doing what you love in some way and that's why you see people like resigning and like all the all the shit you see it's the truth and like yeah. you know the water is great in comics like you know you might not make tons of money but there's more opportunity to at least like you know scrape something together than there was before yeah and mm-hmm. i'm just saying like you know like tell your story if you want to tell your story now because there's it's a better opportunity than it was even five years ago there's more more people will come and try and pay you for it than they did before 
<laughs> yes. Yes. You know, it's like, it's like you're a streamer and it's just the same thing. Yeah. It's literally the same thing. Cause you know, years ago we didn't have the options that they have now. Like now they can create, they can make money just by starting and not even, and not even be the biggest streamer. You, you used to have to get noticed and ad revenue and all that stuff used to be a factor. Now it's just like add on. And it's really great because we were talking about this the other week, webtoons, web comics and stuff, huge right. market right now. And these are just creators that throw their stuff up there and can land ginormous deals with like Netflix, car, you know, Crunchyroll or whatever. Yeah. And go into these, these animated films. I have to ask, God, you have so much going on. October is a huge month for you. Do you, would you like to see any of your books either on animated or on a big screen? Well, and if so, is that something <laughs> you, you're going to push for? I'm a pom Yeah, pom. I'm actually like, so right now, I'm, I mean, like the books are all placed places like my indie stuff. So, mm. you know, um, which is, I'm actually, I wrote the pilot and I'm working on it. It is animated, even though I'm not nice. supposed to. So it's adult animated with Jock's art being adapted. Cool. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Netflix uh, has been really kind to us in other ways, but Noctera is, you know, is is somewhere. Uh, and uh, yeah, what else do I have? American Vampire Warner Brothers is working on. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, my my feeling is like I'm excited when somebody takes something and wants to make something better than I could for the medium. I'm not one of those. The thing that I think like maybe has been. Like, and I'd say this to anybody out there that's a comic writer that is starting out and thinks of like Hollywood as a, you know, a goal. Don't think of it as a goal. <laughs> like, think of it as like, at least for me, I think of it as like a, like a, a bonus where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, if I can work on something like witches where they're giving me the opportunity to adapt it in a way that would expand what I wanted to expand in a comic and didn't have a chance for my own, you know, faults and reasons, then that's great. But um, if you think about comics as a stepping stone, it's a mistake. Like for me, I comics am. is what I want to do for the rest of my life. It doesn't, I'm not. And also the people in Hollywood respect that. Like when you come in and say, I don't, I'm not looking to use this property as a way of making this my career. I'm looking at right. it because I care about this one thing I want to make awesome. And I have a career over here. Like there's a certain kind of, sigh of relief that comes with mm -hmm. that that i think like allows allows for a different creative you know freedom so yeah don't i mean that's so yeah i'd love to see everything adapted but i'm picky about what i choose to involve myself in only because you know i'd rather find trusted partners that are going to take the stuff and like like with the um Fortnite with uh batman who yeah. laughs like yeah so i got to talk to donald mustard and the amazing Fortnite. Yeah, they got in touch and they were like, we'd love to use Batman laughs and this. And I was like, what do you want to do? And they were like, this, this, and this. And I was like, well, I love it. But what if you did this, this, this? Because he's even crazier than you think. Like, he's this. And yeah. they were like, great, what if we do this? And I'm like, that's better than what I was thinking. <laughs> that's awesome. The collaboration, man. Yeah, no, it was love awesome. It. And then and then Donald is, because this is a long time ago. This is mm. before because he sent my kids Fortnite stuff Christmas last year for these oh, talks. Man. So I'm talking about like, we started talking, you know, it was like, at least it was over a year ago. It was like September, August of, you know, 2019. And so he sent all my kids, all this amazing Fortnite gift set stuff. They were happy. <laughs> I know it was the only time they ever thought I was cool. <laughs> and then now like, so the, 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 the point I'm trying to make is that 
when you believe in what you're doing for fun reasons and, yes. and real reasons, other people respond to it. If you're looking to be like, how do I use my comic as a springboard to uh, screenwriting? Like it, it just doesn't work. Like it shows through, you know, it just, yeah. it's, it just like, it, it'll blow up in your face. So you know. you're also thinking two steps forward instead of taking the first step. It's, 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 it yeah, is yeah. long. You should have a plan, but you know, you could fall, fall on your face because you're looking too far ahead. Damn. Yeah. Just be honest. Um, yeah. No, be honest about what you want. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. be transparent with what you want to be as a screenwriter and that go do screenwriting, you know, like don't, That's awesome. I don't know. I just, I believe in that. Like, and it served me well. And it's certainly gotten me into hot water at times at DC and those things about trying to be honest about stuff. But I really think it's the best way to proceed ultimately mm -hmm. is to be like, these are my priorities. Like, this is what I love. This is what I want to do. Like these things. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, take it or leave it in some way. Yeah. Boom. See, Matt, he's, he's, he's speaking the language here, man. Every, yeah, he really he is. has the answers that's going to relate to all these, the, the viewers out there, whether they want to create comics or they want to stream or they want to do both at the same time, because it's literally the exact same thing. It's funny how all these worlds, you think the world is this big, but when it comes to creation, it's really this big, you know, exactly. everyone's going through the same stuff. So to speak on that, I have to know you have these, these three books there, they're on different walks of life. You have sci-fi, you have Western, you have detectives, how, first of all, who's your inspiration to do all this stuff? And how do you keep up with all the stories without melding them together? Yeah. <laughs> well, the stories, the stories are staggered in the way that like, I'm only working on three books at a time, which is kind of my DC payload. So even though it looks like I'm working on eight books, <laughs> I finished kind of the wave of the three that are coming out now. And I'm working on, the, I just started working on the next three that okay. I had done. I had done a little bit of work on. So people like Dan Panosian and, Tula and some of them could at least post stuff to be like, see, it's going. Yeah. So it's kind of waves. It goes in waves of three, three, and two. So there, it's much more manageable than it looks from the outside. But in terms of like why to do so many things, I mean, there are two reasons. There, the creative reason is because, you know, I, I felt like I, I've always told my students, like, you have to be the most exciting writer to yourself. Like, mm. that's it. You know, it's one of the two, the two golden rules of the class are, a, number one, you've got to write the story that you would enjoy finding the most that day. doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if it's like, you know, political. I don't care if it's space opera. I don't care if it's memoir. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it has to be the thing that you would be like, I am so grateful I found this comic today. Mm -hmm. The second rule is just that. It's, you know, the idea of always... Um, Always being true to your sorry, the sun is like right. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> gonna, yeah Shift. Just change. <laughs> no, it's it's always it's you know oh, oh, the the it's always being true to yourself in terms of you know of 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 what you want to do big projects. So for me, I mean, I think like with with uh, the whole line, it's always being the most exciting writer to yourself, you know, and staying young in your own eyes. It doesn't matter what other people think of you. It matters to you because, you know, when I was on Batman, like when we were finishing, I felt like I had at least two more years on Batman. Like I could have done Scarecrow and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You know, but you, Greg and I both said to each other, like you feel it, right? Like you feel it's almost getting too, too easy in the way that you know the formula, you ah. know how to work over. And like, yes, you're making money and you're, but it was like, no, let's do other things. And 
that feeling of wanting to be, you know, wanting to be honest is important. So that thing with this, with best jacket was, and, and it's named after my sons like best. And then jacket is Jack is my older son. who's 14 and Emmett is 10. So jacket. Oh, that's nice. And then, we, then after we formed it, we had a third son. who's the one that I'm like sleep monitoring. Who's now two. His name's Quinn. I cannot figure out how to add a Q to it. <laughs> so I'm just like, forget it until later. Um, but the, the, the goal with it was to be like, how do you be the best um, writer creatively, you know, when it comes to your own priorities? Mm-hmm. How do you be the best member of the community, you know, so that you're helping other people? How do you just put on your best jacket, like your big boy pants? You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you, say like i've had a good run you know i've been really fortunate like i i definitely worked really hard but i've had certain privileges and advantages also how do, how do you pay it forward and say i want to make the best stuff take the risks that i always say to my students take the risk and then you know give other people an opportunity as well so that's that's what we're trying to do all around so for me the expansive genres doing all these books was like you know what uh I want to, I want to push myself to be uncomfortable when it comes to the practicality of it. Also, like one thing to know is that I was kind of working on a bunch of the books on the side, paying artists as I could going along when the pandemic hit. And then it became about like, oh, wow. how, yeah, how do you continue these books? I had like about three of them up and running and I can afford about that. You know, once you get past that, it becomes really, really hard. I know that people mm. are like, Oh, it's an indie book, but you know, you don't get paid on an indie book until about three issues come out usually, you know, oh, from wow. a place. Yeah. Well, like it depends what you do. If you, if you work at a place that, that takes the rights to make TV and film, then usually they'll be willing to give you a page rate against that. Okay. But the, creators, the creators that I was working with generally wanted to retain the rights together as co-creators. And that means working at a place like image or publishing it through other places and those places generally don't pay you until the, the issue comes out and you make royalties. So in that case, that with all the books I was yeah. working on, it became like paying the artist and then being like, oh, shit. Like, we won't get paid, as I knew, until about issue three or four comes out, which is when we're working on issue four or five. Hmm. So what you're talking about, if you're doing an indie book totally without support, is that you're doing about six months of work before you get paid. Wow. You know, wow. five to six months, which is, you know, that's, I did that on witches. I did it on other things, but the, as you get older and you have kids or that stuff, it's harder and harder to do, especially for artists, writers can move around. So when the pandemic hit and then I was like, how do I, a pay for these books going forward when I'm worried about is DC going to, you know, keep going, paying me or whatever is image even going to be open Is are the places that we thought about publishing stuff going to be solvent on the other side. Um, all of that stuff was like up in the air. And then what happened was, um, comiXology, a friend of my, my editor, Will Dennis was like, he's, he's the one that greenlit American vampire was like, why don't you go to talk to comiXology? You know, they, they're looking for new Mm. people. So I went over and talked to chip and what he told me was great. He was just like, look, we're looking for a way of doing books that show how digital and print are confluent. And on the other side of the pandemic, we want to be a stronger industry. And ultimately, if we keep holding digital to this spot where all digital can do is distribute 
print at the same price at the same content you're forcing them to be competitive you know what i mean yeah whereas make if you make digital subscription based and you make it cheaper to browse comics but not own them so that eventually what you do is you love a comic and then you want to get it and you go to the store and you buy it. That's kind of the model that you see in everything like my kids consume from music to movies yeah. to TV to all of it. So that's kind of, that was the thinking was like, how do we do something that mirrors, you know, mirrors like the effect of the mirrors, the kind of model that you see all across the cultural landscape. And so there was like the creative, this is why we're doing all these books differently. Mm. And then there was the practical, which was like, I don't want to make all these books print because people can't afford them right now. I don't want mm. to do something that's just going to contribute to the bad practices of the industry on the other side of the pandemic, you know, shutdown. How do I do something that says, let's try and move forward in a way that links, you know, digital print, other things in, in ways that, you know, help the industry move forward. And so that, that was really the impetus for doing it this way, you know, cause I, I could have done it a bunch of ways, but this was the, that was the, that was the thinking at least. And I could be wrong, you know, and I'm okay with that. Like I sat with it a long time and was like, you know, maybe I'm going to be the villain for being like digital and print should work together. Maybe that's wrong. But my, my deep belief is that you see it working in other systems. Yeah. Like, yep as somebody who started in books, you see it working right now. There's this huge boom in independent bookstores, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the reason that is, is because people listen to audible more than ever. Audible is spiking. Yes. Same thing as same thing as uh, digital. They, everyone is rediscovering their kid loves and hobbies because, oh, of yeah. and they want the physical thing that represents what they loved and they yes. go to the store for the community and for the experience and for the material thing that can be the, you know, like, this is my collectible. Mm -hmm. They don't go to this. Like I could have skipped the store when I was a kid and I did, like I had a subscription to all my favorite comics from Marvel and DC that came in a manila envelope. Like when I was a kid, oh, but, man, I still yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I remember getting web of Spider-Man, like, I, you know, and, and getting like a uh, Craven's hunt. And, like, oh, open yes. But like going to the store because you wanted to talk about it and then buy the yes. thing, like buy the collected, you know, that like yeah. buy the issues to read in print. So that to me, that's the future of comics is the the subscription based digital browsing and then going to the store for both the amazing staff, the experience they have, the collectability of the physical, that stuff like that. So doing the deal was part of that too, was like saying, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe in that, you know? And the, I went to all the co-creators too that I'm working with, like Jock, Craig, Francis, Tula, everybody. And was like, do you think Jamal, I'm like, do you agree? If you don't, we don't have to do our book that way. We can do it in direct market. Everybody was like, let's do it. Comixology, you know, Sick. that's, that's awesome that, that they all also see the same vision or have the same, same ideas as you for this digital and physical. And uh, that speaks home to me. Cause I'm very much like that. And my wife is actually very much like that too. I don't know how many mm. times she's very big into reading, whether it's, I look behind me and I have a full stack of her books behind me. And there's been plenty of times, whether it's been, uh, audible or, or different um, genres of, of, of audio reading because she has an hour and a half commute to work as well um, mm. going out uh, yeah. to the city and um, it's uh, I don't know how many times like didn't you just read that and I see the physical book here 
it's the same yeah. thing. And it's for me, I mean, way. as, yeah. a, as mm-hmm. a collector too, and specifically with video games, I know that's always a, a discussion as well. Yeah. It's like, it's am I going to get the digital? Am I going to get the hard copy? The, the, yeah. the hard copy. Same thing with collector's edition. I know the big conversation right. a couple of years ago for Halo, but I feel like that discussion has been having for a long time with, with everything print. I mean, how many years have they been saying, you know, print is dead, right? It's not. I mean, now it's probably even stronger than ever, but... Right. It's having a boom right yeah. now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Yep. But you see it in comics, too. Comics yeah. is having a boom with indie stuff. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness, because yeah. we saw a lot of the stores shut down, but we, like we were saying, nostalgia is one hell of a drug. And <laughs> it's during these times where we want more of the nostalgia, because how many times have you sat around a dinner table with your family and probably was like, man, remember when we used to do this? Remember when we, yeah. I mean, we were talking about this about movies. People were like, God, remember when we used to physically go to movie theaters? God, I miss that, you know? And it's well, like I that did. physical aspect, but still having the option to be able to have a digital tea in, in, in your hands. Yeah. Um, I'm there with you on that. And totally going off that, Frank, I think like, you know, part of it is the idea that, you know, the, the, the idea that people also like my kids have been raised on like, 20 years of amazing marvel movies and tv shows and all that stuff right and they're they're like geek culture is more ubiquitous than ever before like oh yes yes you're speaking our language right now is they want to discover their own things Mm -hmm. like because they they know the corporate stuff and they're happy to sign up like they want winter soldier bucky and the winter i mean uh falcon and the winter soldier they want you know red uh, black widow and all of it yeah. But they also want stuff they can be like, that's my thing that I discovered and I bought into early when it was starting wow. at right and left. Yeah. And where a lot of the power of this stuff comes from right now is that sense of, you know, I think like, like, well, let me find a way of browsing for free and finding stuff I like, like on Webtoons, on Crunchyroll, mm-hmm. on Shout and Jump, on, uh, you know, Comixology with a subscription, Comixology and like, there are 50,000 comics on Comixology Unlimited yes. and Dark Knight Returns to so up-and-coming writers from all over the world that are emergent. And finding the stuff and falling in love with it doesn't mean you're not going to go to the store because you got it digitally. It's the opposite, in my opinion. It's like, I, I fell in love with it, now I must go to the store and find it physically and talk to somebody about it. And I want to like be a part of the community. I mean... The store to me is always like Cheers. It's the sports. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The hangout spot. I like it. I like go. it. I'm, I, I speak like from the analogy. Yeah. Dude, when we moved out here from from the city, I hated it. I hated. It. I was like, oh my god. I was like, walking. We only had one car. I would be like, I'll walk to the grocery store. Then you know, you're walking on the highway, getting splashed. And Not shit. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like my my feeling was like the only place I found that I was like, I I love this and I'm going there was the comic shop, Fourth World. Yes. So before I even broke into comics, I loved going there. Now that I'm in comics, I use them for all my signings and whatever. Awesome. But finding the shop, you can go and talk to people and say this is my geek flag flying. I love this. Like that it's crew. It's, it's core, you know, heartfelt stuff. It's and important yeah. too. Very yeah, important. That's what I mean is like, it yeah. doesn't matter if it's like, it's not like, Oh, if I buy it digital, I, I'm not going to, you want to go to the store. If yep. you love comics, yes. you want to find the store. It's like, you might love all Disney movies. You want to go to Disney World. You yes. Know I mean? like that, oh, yeah. That's the way it stores Disney World to me in my mind. Like, you know, if you love the stuff, you go to the source. And that's the source. The source is the store. You want to be a part of that that clubhouse. You want to go there and buy stuff, you know? 
Like, that's the way I always thought of it. And I feel like, you know, doing this deal with comiXology and that stuff was, mm. you know, honestly in belief of that. And again, like, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to go out there and be like, oh, I screwed up. But I believe it. I, I don't believe that making, like, the reason that we're even releasing the comics the way we are, mm-hmm. like, and you were mentioning this earlier, like, three in a row, like, yeah. one, two, three, week after week, is we didn't have to do it that way. But my suggestion was do it that way so you encourage people to get a subscription. Because if they yeah. get a subscription, they have access to 50,000 comics from Sandman to brand new stuff, right? from saga to whatever image books, everything that's on comiXology unlimited for free for subscription. they have all this yes. stuff that I didn't know was there. And my whole feeling was I would probably make more as would my co-creators. If I said, don't do that buy the single issues, just go buy my comics. Like mm-hmm. don't, I never mentioned getting a subscription. I was like, they're available if you purchase them issue by issue. Right. But my belief in doing it is that, getting a subscription allows you to suddenly go down the rabbit hole of like, holy shit, I love all these comics that I'm yes. the price of one comic a month, mm-hmm. like a library. I'm going to go to the store and then buy yeah. stuff. You yeah. Know? It's a as whole ecosystem going, that you're yeah, helping right there. Going yeah. to the store and having to yeah. pay $5 to try a comic that you buy and then you don't like. And then you're like, mm-hmm. that was too expensive. You know, like that, that to me is the model now. Like the direct market is very expensive. Yep. You browse digitally, go buy physically the stuff you know you like already from browsing. So. You know, that's really funny how you bring this up because we have these talks all the time on my stream about how we grew up with X-Men. You know, Saturday mornings was the best thing for us growing up. And oh, these kids sure. nowadays don't really have, they have too many, so many reality TV shows and stuff. But you never, I never really thought about pushing that nostalgia on children because it was our thing. I never really thought about them picking up their thing. That's a really interesting point you put up and how important browsing is. And again, I like to relate it back to streaming. People have their favorites. But yeah. You never know what cut gems are out there if you browse. And that's such an important message. I'm glad you said it. Because opening it up to comicology is such a good message. And, and, and you have such great collaborators on your side yeah. to be able to share that vision. Like, that's priceless. But you're not only helping yours, you're helping the future of what you can do. You're helping the future of comics, and you're helping the future of new creators. Because you're now expanding the world. That's awesome. That's that's the goal. And like, there's no reason, you know, doing the Substack stuff and teaching, the fun of it is trying to be like new blood, come on in, make it, make it brighter, make it something new, you know, like trying to keep it fresh. You know, I I had a couple good teachers and then I had people over me in comics when I came in that weren't so great. And I feel Mm -hmm. like trying to, at this point in my career where things are stable, pay it forward and be like, you know, come on in like doors are open like is it is important but you're right like i i believe in the format of not putting things behind a paywall that's exclusive or saying like you need to you know to be a comic fan you got to buy go to the store and buy five comics a month that's (laughs) i mean you're talking about you know like literally 25 30 dollars a week yes especially no one has that allowance like so, you know, get instead one comic a week, get a subscription, look at all the shit you love, and then go to the store because you want to meet cool people that are like, yeah. hey, you know what? Did you read the box set of Lock and Key? Holy shit, here's this $50 thing that you save up for because you loved reading it. You know, yes. that, that to me is like some version of that, you know, in all kinds of 
all kinds of variations is the is what makes the most sense because when you boil it down like not to be a dick but that's what it always was like again i could always have just gotten my comics sent to my home when i was a kid in the 80s it was still Mm -hmm. i did like my dad got me a subscription with the pencil checklist oh god yeah (laughs) i remember they came to my house in the envelope beat up but i still went to the store with him every wednesday because i love going to the store because i love comics that's make people love comics and they'll go to the store yes you know is a message yeah i I do want to bring it back really quick though because i know our our time is running up here as far as i I come from the world prior to streaming i come from the prison physical product world i I worked in licensing i created a lot of collectibles probably some of the stuff you worked on before uh or most likely some of the stuff you worked on before but uh uh, bringing things to life is always interesting to me and it's a passion of mine Mm. so you know, you've, you said you start, these ideas started, uh, you know, five, six years ago, give or take, obviously now they're here and, and three of them are out right now with, we have demons and, um, clear and night of the ghouls with, with a couple extra, you're just starting what you kind of said. You're just starting the next three from, from, from now or when you started to when you think they're going to be out there. How long of a process is that for you in your workflow, especially since you're working on three at a time? Yeah, I work. I work about three, four months out. So, like, I finished. We have Demons, which okay. is three kind of giant, oversized issues at 35, 40 yeah. pages. Thing. I finished um, Clear, and I'm finishing Night of the Ghoul next week. So, wow. those ends like writing wise. But then I go back. Like, I look over the lettering. Like, there's a lot of like little work, but writing them, writing the scripts, I'll be done. Yeah, by next week. And those ends maybe the week after, but those end <laughs> in uh, latest, but those, those end in March. And then mm. when those end, the next wave of books start. So oh, it's okay. like wave by wave. So I want it always to be like, and then when those books end, the next two to three, it'll be October again. And we'll do an October. The last books are probably duck and cover with Raphael Albuquerque about a nuclear exchange that happens in, 1955 and then only kids that hide under their desks survive and nobody knows why oh my god yeah so it's like this 1955 post-apocalyptic kids with powers like out of control fun american vampire that sounds awesome the book of evil with jock which is like the like that one i've been working on the longest of any book in the line and in my head and it's about a world in which 99 percent of the population suddenly are born sociopaths like starting tomorrow oh my god and, Whoa. Scary. Uh, it takes place about 25 years after that happens and it's about a kids growing up in that world so it's a lot of fun and it's oh my super god like yeah just by a little but r-rated horror <laughs> i'm here That's for awesome. it i'm glad i have subscriptions like yeah, 100 so those, those will probably be a year from right now because they are okay. the most intensive longer books and Raphael is on a couple things before but um uh, yeah, it'll go like these three, and then in March, April, Canary, Dudley Dotson with Jamal, which is more of a YA book, and um, uh, Barnstormers, which is historical fiction with Tula, and then to kind of anchor the other side, it'll be uh, Duck and Cover and Book of Evil, and then because things, it looks like they went really well, the launch, they were super yeah. happy with it. Uh they they'll probably acquire a couple other things that will be part of that third cool, wave. But cool. That's nice. Like, yeah. You're out. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> they're great partners. I I really enjoy working with them. They're very much like 
here's here's the money do what you want with the books that's awesome i mean how yeah. does that you have everything amazing. lined up yeah you know we talk about time and 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 just being in a lucky spot and a lot of people look at the word luck as a negative thing but like it's it's a lucky break sometimes you're in the right place right time right people right attitude everything is coming together congratulations on all of the beautiful compliments you have received on this book and the ratings are through the roof right now and, and yeah. this is on the beginning and and I, I was just like wow what a moment for someone that's taking something they love and being able to see the fruits of their label go out and they're just excited to push out even more um thanks man. those are the moments we live for thank you no we i really understand. appreciate it. it's a blast we got to do this more often yes <laughs> absolutely we would love to i have know i'm talking to you next week but yes. frank like we gotta we gotta do it again Please, Absolutely. we will keep in contact. We know you, we know you have a part out, and we're being very selfish with the time. But <laughs> before you leave, please tell everyone where they can find all the information about you, your books, all the good stuff, your classes, you name it. Shout yeah, it out. Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, keep watching this channel because they're awesome. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, secondly, um, yeah, I'm on Twitter still, like kind of minimally, but I'm there. It's S <laughs> Snyder, so S S N Y D E R one eight three five. And then I'm at, um, uh, I'm on Instagram, but mostly what I'm trying to do is, is I'm doing a newsletter through Substack um, and teaching oh. through Substack. So yep. the free newsletter is every Tuesday and it kind of updates you on everything I'm doing, gives you insights into the projects coming and, and teases of things and interviews with, you know, creators I'm working with. And then the Thursday one is for the people taking the paid um, $7 a month a t class with me, comics rating 101. And, um, you know, you I want $7 a month. Yes. Yeah, seven, seven bucks a class. That's it. Sign up. <laughs> I know, well, yeah. That's and like, yeah, me too. <laughs> if you sign up now, like, you know, all the classes are archived so you can watch them. They're live video. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. We're having Donnie Cates on this week. He and I are going to talk character building. So it's like, I do it from my local shop to support my shop. Fourth world. Fourth world. Yep. Yeah, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. So a week from uh, yesterday, we'll be doing it on the 27th, talking about characterization. We talked about um, openings last week. We talked about breaking a story the week before. We're going to do character arcs and three-act structure and all that. So it's a massive value. Yeah, wow. I, mean, I think like usually I do like a compressed version of it for, and whoever I do it with usually charges, you know, hundred or two hundred dollars a class so yeah. seven bucks was my way of being like jump in like make some comics you know that's so, so wow. yeah so it's at best jacket if you look up best jacket with two t's jacket at a at a on Substack, you'll find our you'll find our uh our class wow go sign up today everybody because I'm, I'm definitely going to do it i'm following you on everything now so you won't be able to get rid of us. We would love to have you back yes. on the show uh, whenever you have time. I know you're busy, but we'll, we'll go back and forth for emails to try to get you back. Really excited. My, son, my wife literally is like, that's oh, my wife. No. There it is. Hard my out. son just woke up, so I'm going to jump out. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you, Scott, you so for much, everything. Scott. Appreciate it. Day. Take care. Enjoy your Bye. day. Thank Bye. You. Bye. I know it probably messed up the whole camera oh, yeah. thing. Hold on. Wait. There we go. Oh, I'm on your <laughs> camera. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. You know. Hey, man, when DC and Marvel align, <laughs> yeah, um, at the end of the day, are we good camera-wise? No, we're not good. So hold on one second. Let right, me, well, it, well I, can, I, can, I can pause it. I'm just going to keep it going. I'm just going to switch our cameras yeah, around really quick. It doesn't matter. We, yeah, we, yeah, we flipped yeah. around for a reason. Guys, this has been an amazing episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Yes, this is being recorded, but I want to let you know to make sure you have your questions and stuff ready because, yes, we're going to have Scott back on the show at some point. 
and we're going to make sure that you get all your questions answered. This has been an invaluable experience. I mean, he has given you information and advice that you can take in the comic book world and most importantly, into the streaming world if you're into that. And any creation so, so far, the world is this big and we all care about what we do. You know, as he says, go out there, get that digital media. He's offering it for you, to you yeah. for free. If you have, a, most of you have Amazon Prime. Comicology, if you, one comic book price, go out there and get the subscription, browse the comics, be creative, keep being creative because the more we are, the more we show that nerd culture is here to stay, the more opportunities open up for all of us. And there is no closed door. You have to, have to turn the handle and walk through it. Man, Matt, what a freaking show, dude. I, I Mind blown. Yeah, like, that was absolutely, absolutely incredible. Everything he was saying, I mean, you, you saw me, it, it, it hit me on multiple levels, not on the person, not only on the yes, personal side, yes. but also on the business side, the things we do and the yeah. things that we love as well. And um, him being that, that open with it all, not only like in his, his journey and for creators yes. out there now, um, I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent accurate too. I mean, it, we say this about streaming when people ask us all the time, right? What should I do streaming? What should, just, just do it. Just hit go live. Make it. sure you have it. Go with it. See what happens. Don't think about money wise. Don't think about option wise. Like he said, just, yep. just jump into it. Do it for the love of the hobby. Do it for the yep. love of the passion and, and the, uh, the ideas you have and hearing Scott say that. Um, especially since there's, like I said, again, with him, it was crazy how many parallels there are there between him and I, as well as I'm sure many other people as well. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. And whether it's comicsology and the three, the three books that are out there now, or the uh, five others to come, um, or the million things, he's already or the million on. things, like, like we said, uh, <laughs> Superman unchained is a fantastic read, Batman, uh, Batman, the court, the court of, Owls. of Owls with Greg, it's Punisher and stuff that's coming. He's, he has, he's, he's an incredible guy. And once again, to Scott, Thank you very much for your time today, and, and we hope to yes. have you back on here soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the messages are there. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we will be back hopefully next Saturday. The 30th. Um, and, you know, the 30th. Long, I mean, it is ho I know it's a ho holiday weekend, so to speak. Halloween, holiday, whatever you want to call it. You know, people don't really take off, but still, uh, you do celebrate it down. As, this is a perfect time uh, to get involved. So go out there. If you do, do me a favor. If you do, read any of scott snyder's books leave comments because yes. he loves them um they have the ratings are through the roof i think you're gonna like him the passion is there he's very passionate and just very chill and uh yeah i i i feel great this was a great show but anyway like we said we gotta go um next episode will be episode 23 I, so yeah i can't believe yeah, it's yeah, been that that's, many yeah. that's a lot of episodes already <laughs> episode 23 and we're just getting started you oh, think that yeah. was a great guess? Wait until you see our load that's coming down. Um, yeah, November's so going to be really, really stuff. nice. So I hope you guys are ready. Uh, yeah, so that's it. We're going to call the episode right there. Go out there and make, create. And if you're not creating, celebrate. Because Nerd Culture, like I said, it's here to stay. We're going to be here for front-running it as long as we can. So as always, from Technique. Matt, Night Dog Plays. Have a good freaking day and be back on the mix. See you next Saturday. Peace. Bye. Have a good one.